You're listening to Staying in the Game, a Plum Dragon Herbs podcast where we have conversation about mindset and techniques for staying at the top of your game. Plum Dragon Herbs provides herbs and D. Jow to support all types of martial arts training and wellness programs. Our podcast welcomes voices from all corners of the martial arts and health communities. We understand that there are many conflicting martial arts and health philosophies, and our podcast showcases the wide variety of opinions that exist. The views expressed by our podcast guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Plum Dragon Herbs, its staff, or partners. I'm your host, Janelle Leatherwood, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Sifu Kisu. It was a fifth-generation Baksulam Pai disciple descended from the great grandmaster Kuyu Chung through Master Kenneth Hui of the Northern Shaolin Kung Fu Association. And he has been a de- he has been a dedicated practitioner of traditional Chinese Kung Fu for over 50 years. And his daily practice has led him to understand how to transmit the physical energetic components in such a way that is open and accessible to the Western mind, which I find very intriguing. He is a master in the Chinese martial arts, focusing on the style of Northern Shaolin Kung Fu. He is most famously known for being the chief martial arts director and consultant for the animated series Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Avatar, The Legend of Korra. From his lifelong experience in martial arts, he created the bending styles seen in this series and linked to the styles of martial of the Chinese martial arts. The Northern Shaolin style of Kung Fu is one of the most prominent traditional Northern styles of the Chinese martial arts. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about that today. And I would like him to back up a little bit in his life story and tell us how he first got exposed to the world of martial arts at a young age in Toronto, Canada, or had you gone elsewhere by that point? Um, yeah, we were in Missouri by that point. Okay. And, um, there was a local karate school. Um, I think it was uh, Bob Yarnell owned the place. And uh-huh. um, I got the chance to study um, the Shuren Ru style, if I'm not mistaken. And um, did that for um, a number of years until um, I think I may have achieved a junior black belt, which mm-hmm. uh, I find kind of laughable at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um and then from there, I went on, and um, uh, my parents were stationed at uh, Norton Air Force Base, uh, San Bernardino, California, and I met uh, a fellow there who taught Taekwondo. Um, then I went out to the military, and um, at uh, one of the Special Forces school that I attended for martial art, um, they did the same style of Taekwondo that I had studied as a teenager. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> I got a chance to do that. And I, I did that for many, many years. Uh, I think I got a second, maybe a third degree black belt in that. And um, met my teacher. Uh, I moved to Los Angeles. I was in Hawaii at the time. And I met my teacher, Kenneth Hui, at that point. And um, he is my Sifu until today. Oh, that's amazing. I talked to him. I talked to him a little while ago today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's it's been a little bit of journey. Um, my um, journey. 
my um my taekwondo teacher was um he was um uh, um I, I guess uh primary school classmates with um the man who eventually became the president of Korea, Park Chung Hee. And um, <clears throat> I got a chance to take a few trips to Korea where I um, went to the World Taekwondo headquarters and I um, trained with um, um, President Park's bodyguards while we, oh, my, wow. my teacher taught his bodyguards. And so um got a chance to explore Korean culture, uh, got a chance to learn uh, some of the deeper aspects of Taekwondo and its parent art, which is uh, Taekyong, which is the uh, the old Korean uh, foot fighting. Um, I think the difference uh, between modern Taekwondo and the old Taekyong was that um, they they their mandate was to kill with the legs, right? Mm. The, um, so a lot of the high jumping techniques were used to uh, take an opponent off of a horse or, um, you know, to, uh, and pitch battles, you know, running forward and, and, you know, taking down a whole row of people and that sort of thing. So I think most of what I've learned in terms of martial arts has, it has been from lineages that were tried and tested, um, before the advent of firearms. Mm. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, you're, if you, if you didn't have, you know, fist of iron, or if you didn't understand the sword or, or the saber or the spear, you might not have been able to survive in those times. And so um, our lineage is linked back to those times. But the, our Northern Shaolin, for instance, um, uh, predates the, the 16 and 1700s. Um, the, the modern version um, propagated by Kuyichung was. Um, uh, I think it was refined and uh, standardized around in the 1920s when they opened the uh, the National Guoshu Institute in Nanjing, China, where um, um, I guess there was a contest uh, of um, thousands of people from all over China who came and and I, I, I forget the name of the tournament. It's a, it's a big historical event, but uh, our great grandmaster was one of 15 winners. And um, out of the 15, I think 10 went on to teach at the, uh, the Institute at Nanjing. And um, out of those 15, 10 of them were uh, the legendary 10 tigers who went south. Uh, they were sent them down to Guangdong to uh, teach the militias. Um, mind you, my understanding of history is uh, somewhat suspect. So <laughs> it's uh, I'm kind of giving you the word of mouth version that I got mm -hmm. as, a, as I went along, but it's a grand lineage and it has taught me um, so much about myself, so much about life. And I understand the martial arts, I think, in a very particular way, as opposed to someone who may not have had my experiences. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? Well, um, my teacher's school was, um, when I got there, it was all Chinese. I was one of maybe three uh, non-Asian people that were there. And um, <clears throat> we didn't really feel welcome in the beginning. Mm. And, you know, it, it's just a matter. It's a, it's a vast cultural gulf 
right? And um, <laughs> I've made so many mistakes over the years in just dealing with my teacher from, you know, the fact that I'm culturally, I'm an American, uh, which is a potpourri of cultures, and uh, him being a very traditional Chinese man. And so I think I made a lot of mistakes in an interaction that um, put a few bumps in the road along the way. Um, my teacher is probably one of the smartest men I've ever met. He um, he's a military scientist. He invented um, several uh, pieces of hardware that are used throughout military. I mean, through, used by militaries throughout the world. Um, and um, most recently, um, he was responsible for uh, that the space telescope they launched, the James Webb Space Telescope. Oh, right on. He, he was on the team at uh, Northrop Grumman that uh, created that. Uh, I think in particular, he designed the, 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 the deployment systems for it. It, uh, it was folded up like an origami piece and unfolded into this thing that is about to change our understanding of the universe. So I'm, I'm very proud to be his, his friend and his student. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That so many, um, martial arts masters have this incredible knowledge that goes way beyond you know martial arts so that's that's interesting and yet they dedicate so much of their life to the training in, in martial arts it's true in my own education i um i, I got a, my master's in um engineering and i got um, a second master's in business administration and um <clears throat> did that for a number of years before I just kind of dropped out and became a kung fu teacher full time, mm -hmm. and um, I've been I've been teaching steadily for the last twenty five thirty years since uh, since the early nineties. Yeah, what have you seen that has changed? Like, could you generalize it over the years? The students have changed in this way, or is that not accurate? Well, I don't know. I think in terms of the martial arts. Um, martial art has always been subject to trends. Um, if we'll look back, um, um, the, the ninja fad came in, came and went. And, um, and then later on, the kickboxing fad came and went. And um, then Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, became very popular and you had various levels of, of that. And, um, and, you know, the, the I guess the like the K1 and the, the uh, UFC stuff kind of promoted yeah. a sort of um, realistic slash MMA slash Muay Thai slash Brazilian Jiu Jitsu affair, mm -hmm. and um, you know, so I've, I've seen a lot of trends and phases come and go in the world of martial arts, and I have my own uh, opinions about. Uh, each of which uh, the reason that I've studied and stuck with the Chinese martial art for so long is it didn't for me it didn't teach just fighting it taught it it taught you to um, how to engage in a series of ranges and um, helped me develop a series of um, defensive capabilities that um, I may not have found in another style um, mm -hmm. I've also found that um, I'm 63 now and mm -hmm. in the course of my career, I've watched, I've had different rivalries and, and, and you know, people that didn't like me and, and people that work against me mm -hmm. and people that wanted to fight me. And 
longevity. Um, you know, at my age, I still can do the splits three ways. I can, um, wow. um, you know, I've still got plenty of wind, um, except here at altitude, of course, it's really difficult to breathe at 6,000 feet. So, um, that mm-hmm. has <laughs> also changed me, um, in an amazing way. I've, I've lived in, in the mountains for the last five years. And when I go back to Los Angeles or San Francisco or something, I'm Superman. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> up here, I have to be very conscious of, uh, of the breath. That is so true. I'm a Californian as well um, by birth and transplanted to uh, Utah. And I know if I, I remember distinctly feeling like I can't breathe when I'm running. And then I went back yeah. to run a couple laps in California. I'm like, this is so much easier. <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I went back to my, my teacher's Christmas party uh, a couple of years ago before the pandemic. And um, since I had been in Colorado, I hadn't even attempted to do a full training form. You know, I was practicing in sections. And I went back and I just breezed through uh, one of the intermediate forms. I, I, I surprised myself. I was mm-hmm. expecting uh, to fall apart in the middle of that. And uh, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So the martial arts has been good to me. Um, yeah. Um, I've watched uh, many of my contemporaries pass away over the last few years. Uh, people who were much younger than me. And I've been keeping a catalog of the various ways that people die. Mm. And, um, you know, taking notes for myself and, um, I've dodged a couple of bullets. I've, I've made a couple of mistakes. Um, but, uh, so far so good. I'm, yeah. um, spent the last three winters snowboarding a lot, which, you know, snow, snowboarding and skiing is a full body experience. Yes, absolutely. And so uh-huh. yeah, probably stronger and healthier than I've ever been in my oh, life. Oh, that's great. We've exchanged some pictures me skiing and and you uh snowboarding (laughs) Uh, we'll have to get you back up to utah again sometime (laughs) and i'll have to try i need to try colorado (laughs) it's uh, oh yeah if you come i would i would be glad to show you around i've got a couple of these mountains nailed down i have some i have some friends that live uh in park city at um one of those amazing um security enclaves up on the side of the mountain okay Uh, uh, Promontory Club is one of them. Oh, okay. And so whenever whenever I go out there, they they treat me like a lost prince. So. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, Park City's pretty cushy. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't well, that impressed with the mountain? I, yeah. I had oh, a really good interesting. Time in Park City. Okay. Yeah, it was it was icy when I was there. Okay. Yeah, that can happen, of course. Yeah. That's that's a kung fu all its own, though. If, uh, yeah. People in your audience people in the audience that don't do uh snow sports it's uh mm-hmm. it'll it'll change you <laughs> yeah yeah well okay so um i'm sure your um students love you and are excited to find out about your connection to the last avatar and i'm just wondering if you could touch on that for a little bit because there's so many other things that i want or i'm sorry the last airbender if you could um touch on that for a little bit. And then I want to talk to you um, about a number of other things. So tell us, um, tell us about how you got involved with that project and what your role in it was. Well, um, I was actually kind of minding my own business at the time. Uh, I wasn't looking for a job in the entertainment industry. 
Um, one of my students uh, at the time, Brian Konetsko, worked for Nickelodeon. And um, I think they were doing a project called Invader Zim at the time, which I think was very popular. And um, he was in my student group and he approached me about um, this project that he was working on. And I had actually told him at the time I wasn't interested and everybody in LA has got a TV show that they're trying to do. And, um, I told him I wasn't really interested. I, um, I worked out at Saban for years. Um, on um, we, I worked on Power Rangers, VR Troopers, The Masked Rider, uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs. So I was utility stunts and um, uh, character acting in a number of costumes. I think on one of them, I played the villain for 61 episodes mm. and was really tired of the entertainment industry at that point. And um, when this guy came along with this show, um, I was um, suspect and skeptical of uh, being involved. But it turned out to be um, a really good experience. We we got into, I don't know, um, methods and, and um, um, areas that uh, I don't think that anyone in the animation industry had ever attempted before. The um, we um, created like the, a, the bending art. Yeah. The, so the bending arts were we were when they first came to me, they had a couple of ideas about they wanted what they wanted to do, and they started talking about the the four elements, five elements. And I said, well, it's interesting that you would talk about that. I said, because certain styles of martial arts actually lend themselves to particular elements. And so I made some bold choices. And um, I basically selected from the styles of martial arts um, that friends of mine who practiced them where I either respected them or I was terrified of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, um, like, I have a, a lot of my brothers are from the, uh, the Honga school. And okay. um, so, so we chose uh, uh, the Hungat style for uh, the earthbending because of the low stances and the, mm -hmm. um, the, um, the types of trajectories, that, uh, the, the swinging arms that they use in that style. And um, I don't know, in my own mind, I felt like, wait, my camera's falling. Okay. Uh, in my own mind, I felt that, you know, certain, certain essences um permeated uh, different styles like that for airbending i was like but you know bagua is this famous for tornado power right um, um northern shaolin uh i selected for the firebenders number one they were the uh, the antagonist of the show and number two um <laughs> much to my teacher's chagrin i had always kind of been the bad boy uh in our group so um, that was kind of a mischievous choice on, on my part. Um, um, Waterbending and Tai Chi were, you know, they went hand in hand as far as that went. And um, uh, Brian Tonetsko had been my student for several years and had learned a lot of the basics and had learned a couple of weapons. And he was absolutely intrigued by it. So um, uh, he had a lot of input. And I, and I have, to, I'll say right here and now, um, it's although um, all the visual reference for everything that happened in that show came directly from me, uh, it wouldn't have been half the show it was without Brian taking the time to become a student 
and actually immerse himself in learning northern Shaolin style. So mm-hmm. I want to give him a lot of credit. And plus, he's one of the, he's one of the best, probably one of the best um, artists I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you start talking to somebody and they start telling you how they're drawing in a particular camera lens style, right? If it's a telephoto or a wide angle or what, I mean, who, who thinks of that, right? And mm-hmm. so he, he was, um, he was, he's an extraordinary visionary. I think they're working, um, they're doing a movie right now over there. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing about the martial arts and the thing, but um, I've been busy with other things and I wasn't particularly interested in that sort of thing anymore. Yeah. So tell me, it, well, I was mm-hmm. just going to ask you with um, the different forms in the movie, like where does the reality meet the fantasy? So it, it, that's a really good and interesting question in, in that everything that we, that we use in the show came from um, arts that I felt were tried and true methods of, of self-defense and uh, combat dominance, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the, the Northern Shaolin style alone by itself is to this day very secretive and very legendary as opposed to, you know, you can find a Taekwondo school on every corner. Uh, so it's not something that is common knowledge. It's not something that's been commercialized. Um, the popularity of it has um, uh, multiplied exponentially since the, um, the onset of the show. And I get contacted all the time by, by fans who tell me that they started their martial art journey because of the work that we did. Mm-hmm. Or... Um, you know, it's uh, I get people who wanting to come up to Colorado just to visit me and take a few lessons because of their interest mm-hmm. in the show. So all of that is cool. But um, something else I noticed after after we got going with the show is that you know when people see you on television, the TV is like this magic box, right? And so you become part of that magic, and and people tend to start treating you. Um, I've had people stand in front of me and talk to talk about me in the third person as if I wasn't there. Wow. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I even at one point um, had found people making jokes about my involvement in the show, um, which, you know, uh, in some ways it felt like it was taking the legitimacy of the art away. And so I like to be very clear with people that I'm first and foremost, an exponent of uh, the Northern Shaolin style. And, um, you know, not the model for cartoon characters. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but but besides that, they drew a couple of characters based on my likeness. Um, Sokka's master, the master Pian Dao was drawn for me. And the guru and a, a couple of other ones. And um, pretty much anything that you saw that was cool martial art movement in that show, I'm responsible for that. Uh-huh. So. I love it, I love it. Well, it's so interesting to me how these forms that are so graceful can be so lethal at the same time. It's, uh, and, and, and I, it's good that you brought that up because I've been talking to a couple of my students about that recently. And it's, you know, the beauty of martial arts, the, the, the lines and the transitions and the, the dynamicism, all of those things are, um, are what makes up, you know, real and true martial arts. Uh, the problem that's happened now is that because of YouTube and TikTok and and all of these different platforms, you everyone has a voice. 
And mm-hmm. so you have all of these people that, that some of them, in my opinion, don't even understand the basics of martial arts. And they're making instructional videos. And um, I think that has hurt the martial arts, you know, from some perspective. Um, but I'm not the Kung Fu police. So yeah. what am I going to say? It's, uh, but in reaction to that, I've begun to back away from um, uh, my associations with various people in martial arts. That mm-hmm. uh, A lot of the young people now, including my sons, are into uh, the tricking arts, which is, is, is acrobatics um, with kicks added to it. And, you know, um, I have some strong opinions about that. I, I won't share them here because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but okay. it's uh, martial arts, martial arts and acrobatics is acrobatics. I'll leave it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see how that would be frustrating or I don't know. It, it gets a little bit, um, I don't know if political is the right word, but um, everybody, everybody likes their own style, but now like there's so many people that are kind of like wannabe martial artists, I guess, you know, creating their own styles. And there's a lot of that going around. It's, um, you know, Bruce Lee, for instance, uh, created his own style and Mm -hmm. uh, anyone that'll do any research into that will find that, um, you know, Bruce Lee was a product of several different traditional methods of of self-cultivation. And that he really shouldn't have taken um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, credit mm-hmm. for. I mean, it's uh, the traditional martial arts say that that all credit that you should have in the martial arts should go to any teacher who put his time and trust and patience into um, building your skills. Right. So to this day, my teacher Kenneth Wing. Is it's still my father teacher? I would I would never ever you know turn around and take credit and say oh I made up my own style or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's absurd. It's um, David Way who was on your show is, is very loyal yeah. to his teachers, and um, has um, the, the the thing about traditional martial art is in order for you to be taught to get the real sauce is that um, someone has to trust you enough. Um, and you have to show that you're loyal and trustworthy enough to learn what they have to teach. I mean, the, let's face it, anyone can be dangerous these days. Anyone can buy a gun, right, and, and go and blow somebody's brains out or something like that. But how many people can actually defend themselves? How many people actually understand how to own their own space, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's the bottom line with all martial artists. If people just want to be left alone. They, right. They, you know, when you see the guy with the, the big MMA sticker on the back of his car or the, uh, the tap out t-shirt or the mm-hmm. Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu sticker, I think a lot of those people are just p- saying, please leave me alone. I, mm-hmm. I, I could be dangerous to you. Right. And I don't, I think the martial art is much more than that. You know, I don't, the martial art, it's, it's, it's about self-cultivation. It's about self-discovery. It's about, um, People who wouldn't normally be interested in learning about spiritual practices or healing find themselves drawn into those fields because of their their martial art experience. That's my opinion. Right. Yeah. Well, it seems like those who are maybe claiming their own style don't understand like how important the history and the culture of lineage is 
in martial arts and they don't know how to maybe give their due respect where it's deserved. I don't know if it was because they didn't, they weren't taught that themselves properly through, you know, a real teacher and passed on some, it could be, or they just don't care, you know, which is a shame. We're we're in in interesting times. It's a lot of people feel entitled to a lot of stuff that they're not really entitled to. A, Mm -hmm. a, A lot of people, um, you know, um, I mean, it's like lying on your resume, right? It's, yes. Uh, if you, yeah. If you get the job, it worked. And, mm-hmm. and you know, hopefully, hopefully HR doesn't find out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It, it would have been, it would have been interesting for him just to go back to Bruce Lee for a second. It would have been interesting had he survived because mm-hmm. between he, he died at 30 something. Well, between 30 and 40 and 40 and 50 and 50 and 60, you begin to mature and hopefully you start to become the person that you were always meant to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I think, you know, me making it to the age that I've made it to, and I'm st- still healthy and still vital and still full of energy mm-hmm. um, is, is a success that can't be measured in dollars. Can't be written on your resume. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, so when you say that you're kind of backing away a little bit, I mean, what is, what does retirement look like for you? Because people could still really benefit from your gift. So why pull that away? Or, Well, I intend to continue being my teacher student. I can, I intend to continue teaching. Uh, I think I may be on my last group of adults. And I'm thinking maybe sometime in the next 10 years, I may only, only concentrate on young children mm-hmm. and, and see what that does. My, my teacher feels that um, the Northern Shaolin style follows um, um, the rules of natural body development, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I taught, I taught all my children on uh, Northern Shaolin, and they are all stronger and faster and smarter than a lot of the people around them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that that means something. I, um, I taught a lot of people when I was in Los Angeles. I had thousands of students, and out of out of those thousands, there are several hundreds of people who are all at the top of their game in their careers. Um, you know, cinematographers, police officers, uh, military operatives. Um, you know, I've, I've been blessed to meet some amazing people. It's uh, one of my students is an um, intelligence officer in the Army. And he's also a, a Delta Force operative. Mm-hmm. And um I, and I asked him once, I said, don't they teach you how to kill people with your bare hands? And he says, well, yeah, of course. I says, well, how does that compare to what I taught you? And he says, Sifu doesn't hold a candle to mm-hmm. what you've shown me. He says, I'm, I'm above and beyond most of these people mm-hmm. from my experience with you. So that's made me feel really good. Yeah. Would you say that most of your serious students come to you with like a level of humility or have you had to like take some people aside and say, look, I know you think, you know, a lot, but you have to come here with, you know, the expectation that you have everything to learn and nothing to offer yet at this point. I never had that conversation with people because um, martial arts in its developmental phases causes all sorts of of human reactions. You know, the, the ego, swells i've even noticed people that get to a certain level and um who started out to be very humble people and ended up uh turning into bullies or a-holes excuse mm-hmm. my friend but um 
it, it does all sorts of things. Uh, for me, it has humbled me uh, on so many levels. Um, it's like I learned how to fight and defend myself a long time ago. Um, but that's a, only a small part of the martial art. The, the, the real essence of martial art is, is learning to control your own blood, breath, body, and, and, and your chi, your life force energy. And then after you've reached a certain level, you're able to regulate your opponent's body, blood, breath, and chi, right? Um, that the, um, the, the practice and use of weapons teaches you how to extend your life force energy beyond your own fingertips, Right and through a weapon and through through your opponent's weapon into their body, you know. There's there's without you know martial art is mystical. It should be mystical, but it shouldn't be. So, but I guess what I'm I'm wondering is like, do most of your students come with like a teachable attitude, or did they have to? I've been like I've been lucky. I I've I've made I've made some mistakes teaching. And um, some of my students have made some mistakes, but I, I think in my class, most of my students have been long-term mm -hmm. and um, through that long-term that we've all um, expanded our, our, our path of self-discovery. Okay. Right? And, and again, I think that's what the martial arts is about. It's about self-discovery. It's about yeah. you know, self-revelation. It's about spiritual growth, in my opinion. Yeah. So what would be like some of the key advice that you've given to your students? Um, well, kind of, um, I've got all sorts of little ciphers that I tell my students. I, mm -hmm. I, 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 I teach them the principle of martial art and, and I teach them the rules of engagement of the martial art. Um, but I let people know that it's not just about learning how to fight. I mean, you know, any monkey can ball a fist and shove it in someone's face, right? But mm -hmm. how many people can learn to make their movement and their life a work of art? And so I think that's the big message that's in the martial art is, is um, um, I, I think that you, now how does my teacher say? My, my, my teacher says that, um, um, there are several stages of learning the martial art. That the first stage is, is you learn mobility and flexibility. And in the second stage, you learn strength and endurance. And in the third stage, you learn how to apply what you've learned against a resisting opponent. And then that the fourth stage is what they call the self-awareness training. And that stage of study will dictate whether or not the student becomes just another fighter or an enlightened martial artist, right? And mm -hmm. then we could talk about what that means to be an enlightened martial artist. You know, I can't say that I've achieved any level of enlightenment, but most certainly my life has been rich, enriched by what I've learned so far. Yeah. Who do you think has been like the most enlightened mentor that you've worked with? Like, what do you hope to someday, um, like, how do, how do you hope to become like that person someday? Well, my teacher, for sure, is he's one of the smartest and wisest men I've ever met. Mm -hmm. uh, he teaches in Southern California, the, the Northern Shaolin Kung Fu Association. And um, he's worked very hard uh, there. 
so he's one of my idols and, and my father teacher. Um, the other one, uh, my yoga teacher, uh, Yogi John Franzoni, was um, another near enlightened, crazy physical genius. I mean, he could he could do straight leg, chin to toe. You know, um, he kick himself in the forehead. He um, um, really understood the essences of yoga and uh, the the ha 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 mm. and the ta mm-hmm. essence of yoga. And so I, I learned quite a bit from him. Um, outside of my own um, my own family, those are probably two of my greatest heroes. And then I've you know I've, I've had the the pleasure of meeting, like I mentioned, David Way, and um, there are other martial art teachers and masters, very humble people that I've met over the years, who had extraordinary skills and were kind enough and friendly enough to to share things with me. And um, I, I'm really glad I didn't meet them in a dark alley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, so how would you say, like, airbending, um, the bending movement and all that, how much of it ca- can you explain to the Westerner, like, some of the things that look kind of magical? How is it possible to explain how it works or is it like we'd have to be a student of yours for many years to be no no it's it's actually kind of simple it's so when they came to me in the beginning they were just looking for cool moves to put Mm -hmm. their 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 magical bendings Mm -hmm. and um they had some ideas about it and so that i got very specific and i said hey well tai chi is a lot you know the, the 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 flowing of water, right? It's it's the five elements is a is a through thread of thought for all of the Asian martial art, right? And so, I said, let's let's go ahead and assign particular arts to the particular bending, and that way it'll give it a substance in reality, right? Um, one of the one of the offshoots was that was that um, you know. Uh, 30 years ago, there was never a child in a Tai Chi class, right? Mm-hmm. And so when Avatar became famous, I, I would, people would contact me over the internet. That's um, when the internet first started getting popular. And they were like, we don't know who you are or where you're from. But for the first time ever, we've got children in our Tai Chi class. Thank you. Oh, and that's so, awesome. Yeah. So so anybody who's got kids in their class because of our TV show should send me a dollar. I'll, I'll give yeah. you my <laughs> well oh, God. what do kids have to learn when they start like because they, they probably come ready to like become part of the myth and i mean but you you probably don't want to crush that idea either like you want to work with that well i don't teach children first mm-hmm. off my, my my teacher does and i think he's gotten a few students that have come because of the popularity of avatar he's he teaches mainly in the chinese community and he is about the promotion of traditional Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a, had a lot of students come to me and they were enamored with the TV show. And so I have to bring them back to reality pretty quick and go, you know, that's just a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, th- those, all of those bendings that you like are, are, are built on traditional martial arts. 
but what I'm teaching is not bending on. So I, I think I may have busted a few bubbles or heard a couple of failures or something like that. Mm-hmm. But most, most people get it. The other side of it is, oh my God, I've met so many people and gone so many places, you know, after uh, my association with that project. Um, I got invited to hundreds of Comic-Cons, which um, are a thing in and of themselves. It's, uh, if you've never been to a comic book convention, they are something yeah. else. And then, I haven't, but I've heard, know, seen a lot of people on, you know, friends going to those. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, so you know, the, the uh, you know, people dressing up in costume is, is, is always cute. And um, I mean, you get to be your favorite superhero for a day. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I think anything that occurs in this life that allows you to meet people and make friends with people. It's. Uh, I think, quite frankly, had I not done that work on that show, I would have never met David Way. I met mm-hmm. David Way one day when I was being interviewed at Kung Fu Magazine and um, went to dinner with Jing Ching. And, um, you know, David was a fan of the show. And well, one of the cool things, one of the coolest things for me over the years is that legit martial artists, I mean, people that are real badasses, have contacted me and and been fans of the show and um they could see the traditional martial art they could see the amount of work that went into the show it, it's you know they nobody thought that stuff up they they filmed me doing a particular antic and then drew frame by frame me performing that antic and then you know applying a, a character's face to that throughout that motion um it's the, the world of animation, uh, 2D animation. Um, they would send most of it to Asia to do the, what they, 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 they draw keyframes, but there's the in-betweens, what they call tweens uh, that you have to draw. And so the problem with that is, is that the guy who's drawing that or the lady that's drawing that, you know, um, they're getting the same money whether they're drawing Tom and Jerry, you know, or, or stick figures or detailed martial art motions with, with, particular geometries flowing mm-hmm. through in, in, in animated real time. And um, I think the people that ended up working on this, um, it was a Korean studio, Studio Mir. Um, uh, um, they really earned their money. This stuff was not easy. The, the kids who um, created this show, um, they were overwhelmed at one point by what they had realized they had undertaken. But corners were not cut details were applied and um we created something legendary together and let me also say that that those shows no one person can take credit for those shows those shows were the result of of hundreds even thousands of people working in concert um to create each and every one of those episodes every episode of avatar for instance cost over a million dollars you know, 22 wow. minutes of animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was all the consultants. That was all the artists. That was the storyboard artists. That was the directors. That was the writers. Um, I would be real surprised in the future if they were able to come up with anything even close to that, because um, it was a magical dream team of people that came together to create that show. That is so awesome that you got to be a part of it. Like that, that just sounds so much fun and rewarding to see like, you know, real uh, sh- uh, Northern Shaolin skills being shown in the cartoon fashion and, and that the um, animators took such pride in incorporating all the tiny little movements that they could have maybe left out. 
there was a lot of pushback. The um, you know the, on the business side of it, of course, the, uh, like the producers were they couldn't understand why they had to pay a consultant the money, the type of money they were paying me. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people went to bat for me and said, "No, no, 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 you don't understand. We can't do that without this guy. We were doing mm-hmm. this thing." And then after the first season came out and the numbers started coming back, you know, then I found myself in somebody's office being patted on the back repeatedly. Right, right. Because <laughs> uh, the, the business side is totally different from the creative side. So, yeah. You know. If you could pick your own project and maybe have full control over it, what would you like to work on? Interesting you would say that. Um my friends and I created a show called, um, this is the first time I'm going to say this on a public broadcast, um, but it's important that people should know. Mm-hmm. We created a show called um, The Legends of a Sword Society. Mm. And um, it was about, um, it, it was, a, it was a, a, a journey discovery adventure with a bunch of young people in a China-esque land. Mm-hmm. And um we were we intended to include them going to you know all the tribes of the world where you know there would be african people there would be european people there would be asian people there would be indigenous people from various continents and um i took it to disney disney looked at it um told me they weren't interested in doing it and then they did um raya and the last dragon which Uh is not my story Mm-hmm. But it is my show. They they ripped me off completely. And then we did another show um, called The Scavengers, which um, was kind of like my was my kung fu space pirates. It's uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm 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 not a writer, but um, I saw how the business worked, and I decided to take a shot at it. And mm-hmm. so I also took that to Disney XD brand. Um, they're a bunch of thieving liars, and um, they took all the elements from my show that they liked and they married it into the, the newest generation of the star Wars stuff. Oh gosh. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the Donnie Yen character that was in um, one of the most recent star Wars um, was the exact character. One of the, one of the members of my crew on my little Kung Fu spaceship journey. And um, which I was inspired, I think by the TV show Serenity to do that one. And um, I think my inspiration to do Legends of the Sword Society was um, um, the movie The Bride with White Hair and a couple of other of those um, Taoist uh, wuxia movies that um, I was looking for. Basically, I was looking for a wave to put my Kung Fu surfboard on. I, I wanted mm-hmm. to, to really immerse the audience in the process of, uh, and discovery and and the pain of learning Kung Fu. And so it was, um, it was a martial art school on a, on a spaceship. It's uh, mm-hmm. kind of, I, th- I think Cowboy Bebop kind of influenced me for that one too. But, Did yeah, you have um, any of your own animators or were you hoping that that's where Disney would have done the right thing? Oh no, we, we did our own artwork. I, um, I worked with a young man by the name of Russell Brown, who I've never met in person. Mm-hmm. And Russell um, brought to life all these amazing, um, all these amazing characters. It's, you guys um, should release it on your own. Yeah, it, it never worked out that way. But um, this is this is some of the artwork from the show. Mm-hmm. Spaceships and a character that looks a lot like me. Mm-hmm. And, 
um, a blind so swordsman. And yeah. uh, this guy was one of my favorites. This was the, um, the crazy rustic captain that was on the show. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. And if I, I can't seem to find it right now, but if I were to show you the, um, the legends of the sword stuff, it's, um, um, let's see, I'll keep looking, but I can never find anything I'm looking for when I'm looking for it. Let's you should show see. us your swords too, that you showed me earlier. Oh yeah. That, that's easy enough. It's, um, the, um, the story behind these is that uh, I practiced with all of these and um, some so of them are really, really beautiful pieces. Love it. Those are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I bought several of them on my many trips to China mm -hmm. and um, I was gifted a few of them here. A couple of them are from my teacher mm -hmm. and um yeah, I've been a sincere practitioner of um, Chinese martial arts since um, so about 20 years old. I, um, I started with my teacher in 1977, 1978. And um, I think I opened my first school in 91. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, been a, it's been a great journey. I, um, I don't regret anything except my involvement with Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a love-hate relationship with him, or is it pure hate? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't hate anyone. I, I really don't. I um, I've taken everything as a lesson. You know. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You you don't really learn anything well unless you get your nose rubbed in, mm. and um, you know that's all about growth. And yeah, you know it, it's you know nowadays you know people are all about um, well if you're good at something you should monetize it. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a I'm a bit of a warrior poet priest as opposed to a merchant or a salesman. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where I am right now. Well, what would um, your students like you to share about yourself? What are what I bet they all like love something about you that they think our audience should know. I'm going to ask it that way because. I think you're a humble guy and you might not say it otherwise. My students, um, I have been blessed with some of the most amazing people ever. And um, it's always fate, you know, always, it's, it's always a kind of, a, you know, just the luck of the draw. If you, if you find um, a, a sincere and legitimate Kung Fu teacher, if, or if you find someone who's just running a business. Right. And so I, I can, I've never run it as a business, although I've made money teaching martial arts. I, I had thousands of students in Los Angeles and um, I was able to make you know quite a nice living there. Mm -hmm. And, um, but Los Angeles is, has its own dynamic, of course. Um, since I've been in Colorado, I teach a much smaller group and the inroads and triumphs that I've made with these young people are, um, they're mind bending. They're breathtaking. I, I've, I've helped and watched people grow to uh, their fullest potential. And I am proud to have taken part in that. That's so incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, mentioning David way again. I actually mm -hmm. went all the way to China and uh, hung out with him and his teacher uh, at Wudong. And um, 
we had a great time running around China together. So, oh, that's uh, funny. You ever want, you ever want to have fun in China? Go with David Way. He is a funny guy. I love that man. Oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Well, um, before our show started, you were rubbing some bruise juice on your toe. Did you get rid of any Indeed. of that pain? <laughs> yep. My what toe did you feels do to your toe? Much. Oh, I, I I was teaching the other day. I was teaching my opponent, my my opponent, <laughs> my student to throw, and um. He was really surprised that it worked. And um, I came down like on my bent toe and kind of jammed it backwards. So um, it was about as, as as red and bruised and as swollen as a big toe gets. So oh. the bruise juice is helping. Okay. Oh, Get it. Hey. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, was there anything else that you were hoping to share? Or did we cover it all? Um, I think we pr- I probably shared more than I meant to. Um, I was a little shy thinking about talking to you because um, I've actually gotten really humble lately. I, I, I don't have a lot to say, ex- you know, except to my students and about the martial art. Um, and um, I've grown from this experience. I, I started out wanting to learn how to not get beat up by bullies and learned how to control myself and how to um, give myself radiant health into my old age. Mm. So um, I think I'm probably more successful than I ever set out to be. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. I'm so glad. And um, let's see, can you still get into any unique forms? Are you super flexible and bendable? (laughs) Uh, Still got splits three ways. Wow. can still grab my foot and pull it up oh to my, my head. Oh my goodness. Um, the, um, I've really messed up my shoulders from snowboarding. Uh, they yeah. say skiers, they say skiers will injure their knees, but um, snowboarders will have upper body injuries. I'm six foot three. So when I get body slammed, I really get body slammed. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it's it, Kung Fu has made me a better snowboarder. I'm, um, I went yesterday and, um, did it about five, six hours and didn't fall once. So oh, that's it, good. yesterday was a good day. It yeah, looked yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I saw that picture you sent me with the snow. Yeah. 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 It, it, it was really awesome. If you, um, if you guys go across my, uh, my Instagram page, um, okay. people can find me, um, Kisu stars on, uh, Instagram. I, I think my, my, my tag is, uh, Lokopkin, L-O-K-H-O-P-K-U-E-N on Instagram if anybody wants to track me down there, but, um, yeah. Well, we'll link to that so people can find you and they can hammer yeah, yeah. you with some more questions. Yeah. I want to, um, I want to make my way up to, um, Utah sometime and, um, put in some terms with you one day. Yeah, exactly. That would be fun. And, um, yeah, all I, I have, um, fortunate circumstance to be able to work from home and although, just to clarify, Plum Dragon's headquarters are in Chester, Maryland. But, but yeah, I get to I get to enjoy the mountains and some skiing. So it's been it's been a well, lot. Well, I think I believe I think I believe in your products. Maybe I, we could talk about repping some of them here in Colorado. I, yeah, I know a absolutely. lot of my friends are always uh, my 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 um I've got like a big bottle of Jow in my closet that I've had for about thirty years, and uh-huh. and like friends keep begging me for some and I'm just like, I'm getting stingy now. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You can make so, a whole gallon jug with some of our herb packs as well. So, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. have an I, affiliate um, program. So, okay. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the bottle I have right now, um, I got, uh, I got the herbs from my friend, Don Hamby, mm. who's a Hungar master. And, um, and then there's another formula that's attributed, um, to our great master, Kui Chung, the iron palm master. And, um, that particular formula I haven't seen in years. I had a couple of herb packets of that, but um, mm. you know, after a few, after a few moves, it's either in a box or it's gone. Who knows? You should you should compare that to our Q U Chung formula. See what you think. I would like I, I would like to very much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for um, joining us. Even though you are shy about doing these interviews, we really appreciate you doing that. I'll have to thank David again for convincing you to come on our show and I'll, I'll see you soon. I, I, I hope. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a hey, good thanks night. Again, okay. You too. Bye. We also thank our listeners for joining us today for show notes and links to information shared with you. Visit us at plumdragonherbs.com. And if you liked this episode, we'd love for you to share and subscribe wherever you like to listen. If this episode has sparked more questions for you, we invite you to check out our new private forum where you can get answers to some of your toughest questions on herbalism and martial arts. Click the banner at the top of our website page for more information. Until next time.